Hi there, I'm Jane, and this podcast is designed for you. Five minutes of daily writing can change your world. Come with me as we explore the stories of women who transformed their lives through writing. Welcome to the We Women Writers Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Jane Jones of We Women Writers, and welcome to another session. We are looking forward to inspiring and to encouraging you in your writing journey, whatever it is, whether you are uh, a novice and you just want to play with writing, or if you want to develop your writing into something more serious, if it's a technical writing job you have, or even if you're a professional writer, hearing stories from other people, other women who have written and have a story through their journey and things that have impacted them. And maybe there's some similarities and maybe there's some things to surprise you. And sometimes our interviewees are surprised as well. So we're looking forward to having you with us today and hope that something really wonderful, some uh, inspiration comes for you. That would be really lovely. We really appreciate hearing about it. Today, we have with us Elizabeth Kipp. And Elizabeth Kipp is a, I'm going to read a little bit. She is a health facilitator. She's an empowerment coach. She's an EFT tapping and an ancestral clearing practitioner. Uh, She does kundalini yoga. And she has turned her attention as a patient advocate in service to the alarmingly high population of people who suffer from or are in recovery of chronic pain. So welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you so much, Jane. It's an honor to be here. We had this connection for a long time, and I've interviewed you before, and I've really enjoyed our friendship over the last uh, couple of years. And as, as have I. The adventure, the writing world continues. I love that. That's great. So let's jump in. Elizabeth, tell us about your writing journey. Well, I was just talking to my brother about this this morning. He said, well, you've always been able to write. I'm like, I really didn't start creative writing until about maybe five or six years ago. But I was required to write from school. At school, I was required to write reports and assignments and answers to questions. And so writing became a tool for me just to get along in the world. And I didn't really realize that I had a talent in it until I... Uh, started working for as a graduate student at the University of Kansas. They brought me in the Kansas Applied Remote Sensing Program on a, under a NASA grant to do satellite imagery work interpretation. And they brought me in not just as a plant scientist, which I had background in, but as a writer. They wanted me to do all this. I'm like, wow. So somehow in the interview process, they realized that that was a talent that I had. And it was the first time that I actually recognized it in myself. Oh, nice. That was interesting. And then later, I did a lot of And I became kind of, I became an editor. I did a lot of editing work, um, not just on staff. I did writing and I did editing. And then I ended up doing editing for research papers and dissertations for other people. And I even worked with my son for a few years on his blog as an editor. So I've had my hand in the editing world for probably about 35 years. Wow, that's a long time. The creative writing part was the thing that I had no idea was coming until it just kind of showed up. And I was like, oh, 
there's a oh. thing to it to to explore here <laughs> with writing. Yeah, tell us about how it showed up. Well, I've always enjoyed reading poetry and stories and watching movies and uh, songwriting. I've always enjoyed lyrics. And so I've always had, a, and, and just art generally. And I've always had a sense of, of the beauty and the relaxation and the awe and the inspiration that comes with though all of those things. The writing showed up. Uh, I had been in chronic pain for many years. I was in chronic pain for about four years, and we finally were able to clear that, which is a whole story itself. We will, we'll, we'll have you back to talk about that a little bit, I'm sure. And thank you. Once I was free of the burden of that, and I had done all this editing work during that, of course, and research work and all kinds of other stuff, but I hadn't done any creative writing. That's when it showed up. When all that pain just, I was like, oh, and it just, it kind of blossomed. And of course, one of the things I should just note, one of the things that we did, I was a meditator for many, many years, but without the pain and the medication that they had put me on while I was in it, right, meditation become, became a much deeper, more meaningful experience. And it was at that time that I was able to really find a place where I can quiet the mind and really allow things to come in. And that's how I, my creative writing is. I really sit quietly, which is what I like about Nurturing Your Calm, the book, uh, because it's got all these beautiful calming strategies in it. And I will use a calming strategy to just sit and be still for 5, 10, 20 minutes, whatever. And from that space, I'll start with a book starts with prompts. I'll start with whatever comes in and build from there. Sacred space, that pause that you take, that's a sacred space. That's the creative zone. Oh, I mean, I'm interested. Um, just to, for the audience, I'll clarify. I'm a co-author along with Coralie Nelson of Nurturing Your Writing Calm. And Elizabeth has begun a 40-day journey and we're typing those conversations. And uh, they'll be aired as well. And looking forward to that journey when it's done. I'm interested in the relationship that you made because a lot of people will look at meditation and they'll think, hmm, that's outside of my comfort zone. But when you're now, but this nurturing your writing calm, it's, they look like they're kind of the similar things. Whereas in the nurturing your writing calm, they're calming strategies. There's ways that Corley has written that she's the genius behind that stuff. And <laughs> I'm not the genius behind being calm. And so if those two are dovetailing and then moving into your writing, it's interesting that we came up with that idea and you've noticed it a long time ago in your meditation. There's a bunch of different kinds of meditation, but what nurturing your calm is bringing in is what I would call mindfulness meditation, where you become mindful of the body and the breath and you might have a vision that you, you've got so many different kinds of strategies in there. But the mindfulness, when we focus on that space, that is a kind of meditation. And what we're doing is we're really allowing the brain to rest. Mm -hmm. We're kind of, it's, it's kind of a way to, we're in like a rat race world. It moves at, at lightning speed. We try and keep up. We've got appointments. There's this and that. And, Right. So in order for me to really, one, stay out of chronic pain, I have to use the tools every day. 
there was a way I got into chronic pain. Part of it was the way I was interacting with the world, right? Yeah. So I do that as a practice. What I find is when I do that and I, I really just the world, not my mind just slows down and becomes quiet and meditation and those, those calming strategies. And the, the mind will come in because it's a thought maker. It's what it does. And it will try and steal my attention away. And that's okay. I just notice that and bring it back. And there's no judgment there. And you just note it and you keep coming back. And after a while, you find that the mind is more, uh, submits more to the process. Yes, it becomes more comfortable. It's uh, not scary. And the, well, we're not used to sitting still. So we, we have to teach ourselves to sit. That's one of the reasons why I teach yoga is because I'll help teach people. Actually, this is how you sit still, right? We just want, we want to start there. And yeah. then we bring in the meditation because you kind of have to do the first one first, right? Yeah, um, it is a process, isn't it? Yeah. So I remember being a, like a first grader and the teacher saying, sit still. But she never gave us instructions. She just instilled fear in us. That's yes. not optimal. <laughs> it's not less, way less than optimal. And, and, I, and I was having mind to ask you about your original writing experience. And because I thought it was an opinion, but it turns out that it's actually really based in real science, is that when we learn how to talk and then we learn how to handle a crayon and we're playing, we're, and sometimes we get in trouble because we're writing on the walls and stuff, but but we make, we have fun with it. And then we go to school and we're sat in a chair where the desk doesn't fit us. Mm-hmm. And we're surrounded by people we don't really know. And we have an authority figure in front of us that's telling us what to do. And we're being made to sit still. And when we just want to go and play. And then we're taught how to print letters in a specific way. And the first thing they teach us to do is they teach us to print the alphabet and then our name. And all of a sudden now, all of this who we are is now going right down here. Then they teach us how to do creative writing. But they teach us, don't let us just play with the letters and play with the words. They, so I was just interested in your experience when you learned to print. And Well, I'm going to say, I was just talking to my brother about this. I was never taught how to write creatively. I mean, I, there might have been an assignment here and there, but there were no instructions on that. There was just like, there's no rules right kind of thing. It, there wasn't any instruction, which is one of the things I love about your book, by the way. It's like there's instruction. Yeah. The other thing was, I part of my upbringing was around my voice and whether I had one or not. And oh, yeah. when I was allowed to speak and when I wasn't. And how I was allowed to speak and all these rules. And many times I was told, don't say it like this, say it like that. And I'm like, wow. I had a lot of burden around around the voice and being able to speak out. And part of my work in relieving chronic pain was regaining my voice. It's like I always had a voice, but it got shut down as a kid. So was reclaiming my voice. And once I reclaimed my voice, the creative writing process just, and I didn't, it was like it was already there. And I had done a lot of reading not about creative writing, but I've read a lot of authors that did it, right? And I just found my own pocket, right? My own sweet spot. And it had a lot to do with relaxing and trusting the moment and allowing my voice to be heard. 
Yeah. And allowing the voice to come out through the hands is a particularly, and, and through, we think, on paper is a particularly inspiring and confidence generating experience to see a thought come out. And sometimes the thought is coming out so fast that you're almost just watching your pen. I'm particularly interested in something that you have recent project that you've put out, and that's uh, this 40 Days to Forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've signed up for that. And we're hoping to collaborate a little bit and take the, the journey that I go on. And I think I've forgiven a lot, but I'm pretty sure I got lots more <laughs> to let go of. So how did the creative writing help you with that particular project? Oh, it's beautiful. That's a great question. And that program is 40 different aspects of forgiveness. So there's, it's a 40-day practice and there's one meditation that we do focused and then for each of the 40 days. But then each day has a different blog around a different aspect of forgiveness and then an ancestral clearing prayer that goes with it. And it took me 18 months to make that program. Wow. And the thing that was so interesting about it was I remember saying to myself, wow, if you really need to do a 40 days of forgiveness practice, but how am I ever going to come up with 40 different aspects of forgiveness, right? And I was kind of overwhelmed by it. And I was like, you know what? Start right where you are and go from there. So I did. And so that was just me being, you know, having gumption to start. (laughs) Gumption, I love that word. (laughs) And then I have a higher power. I put the whole matter at the feet of my altar, you know, that I have a practice, a morning practice. And I just kind of put the whole matter and said, please guide me through this. I have really no idea what I'm doing, except that I have this, I would like to do 40 of these for a practice that will help people with their own forgiveness practice. And guess what happened? I got 40 different assignments from the universe in forgiveness for my own self. We could go off into that one. <laughs> I know. Well, I know about each one of them as they came in. and said, oh, here, oh, I have to forgive about that. Oh, no, I can't forgive about that. Oh, no, not that one. Really? Right. So, <laughs> oh no, I have no idea how to forgive around that. So, I got lots of assignments, and as they came in, I wrote about it. And, okay. and so, that was really divinely guided, but I was also willing. Yeah. Being willing and showing up is really important. You said something just because my mind is just going lots of different directions, but you said something about starting where you are. And then you used the word you had the gumption. And a lot of times people kind of, okay, start where I am and we just, then we just sit because that's my experience. That's my, my, how I have processed things. It's just like, okay, great, great, great. Now what do I do? Nothing. And so your word gumption just was perfect so that you just now did something and everybody's, the, all the listeners, they've all got something, some place where they are right now. Mm-hmm. And then now what do I do? And I've heard some different people, there's lots of, there's different programs out there and they're really helpful if you show up and follow through. And that gumption word is neat. So when you were getting this information and you were present, did you write it down or was it recorded or did you just experience it through and then do it and then write it later? I experienced the, I saw the assignment. I saw, oh, there's, here it is. and. I did a little bit of writing around it, and then I did the actual work, and then I did some more writing around it, and then I finished the work, and I did some more writing, and then I did the forgiveness prayer, which is very specific to ancestral clearing. That makes any sense. 
It does. It makes sense. So that was a an experience you had. And then that the writing took a specific format relative to that. I'd like to go back to something you said earlier, which was you weren't taught how to sit. And you actually then you were just told to sit and then how you just weren't taught how to. But then they didn't have any creative writing lessons. You weren't shown how to do that. How much do you think that that was beneficial that when you went through your pain clearing and became free of pain, then creative writing opened up? How much do you think that not having had any preconceived ideas, was that useful to you? you, Could you imagine what it would be like if it was otherwise? Yes and no. I think I had uh, the experience of having read writers, and I'm just going to kind of channel who's coming in right now, John Dunn, C.S. Lewis, Yates. There's so many, right? Uh, There's so many. And so I had kind of all that swimming in my brain, many song lyrics, right? All kinds of different poetry. And the other bit was this love of nature, right? So that's just from being an experience of being out in it and loving it so much. And also I had a background in listening to like reading the likes of Lauren Isley, who was a beautiful writer about uh, different uh, creatures. He was a kind of a, he wrote books around biological things that were inspirational. Like he'd take the science and he'd break it into a story, right? So I had kind of that background. And I think the big thing that would have been helpful for me would have been, which I had to do for myself, would have been to have a teacher that, that said, give yourself permission to speak. It's okay. And, you know, David Mennett said this, who's a playwright. He said, be ready to be bad. You know, your writing is going to be amazing and it's going to be not so amazing. And be ready to accept all of it because it's who you are, right? Right. So especially for the listeners who are just starting out, how to, well, actually, even for the, the prolific writers, is that there are days where you're bad. The prolific writers have a tendency to have enough success underneath their belt and following them that they're okay. And they kind of hide, you know, whatever they need to do to cycle through that. But to a young writer, I don't mean a chronological age, but a, but a new writer, um, no matter what age they are, that can be really debilitating. Is to, It appears to me that if they have somebody to support them, but if they don't, it's really important that they find in, within themselves to support themselves. One of the things that was maybe detrimental in what he said was, not all your writing is going to be great. Some of it's going to be bad. I'm not sure it's a great idea for us to judge ourselves so much, especially as a new writer. You are where you are, right? And just accept that. And that's part of our human journey, just not only as writers, but as human beings. Right. And part of um, me clearing all the chronic pain that I had was learning to release judgment because I had judged my pain as bad for years. That was part of the problem. I was feeding my own pain by judging it as bad. Right. So we need to learn to accept where we are and what's coming out of this as this is the truth of where I am right now. And wow, that's great. It's, it is the way it is. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that takes some of the pressure off. We don't want to have performance anxiety. No. And a lot of times that's one of the really vital things for writing any writer to write a little bit every day, even if it's just a few, few minutes, just mm-hmm. sit down and just put something on paper, even if it's a small little card or a piece of, just put something on paper that is 
for no reason except just to write something creative. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of different programs out there. Nurturing Your Writing Com is one of them. And I happen to think it's really great. But I know others and I think they're really great as well. I get the writer needs to go wherever it is they need to go to find where they fit. And they're going to fit in one time and another, another time. Because I heard something recently that um, who you, where you are in your life requires a different you from 10 years ago. Absolutely. We're, we're beginning anew in every moment. In every yeah. moment. It's a new, a new moment. Mm-hmm. And I might say that the thing for me is that I have, you know, as I said, the mind is a thought maker. And I will often um, notice a thought come in and, oh, I want to write about that, mm-hmm. right? And it might be two sentences or it might be a phrase and then, oh, another phrase comes in and, oh, that prompts this mm-hmm. one. And so it's this, it's this um, domino effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So it's kind yeah. of like um, it's almost like this is another reason why meditation is awesome, because you learn to sit back and watch yourself. Mm-hmm. So kind of watch the thoughts coming in and you can kind of pick out, oh, there's a good one. Right. Yeah. I like that one. And and with, again, nurturing your calm, um, your writing calm is, is cool because it gives us some calming strategies enough so that we can learn to watch ourselves yeah. and be able to do that. I don't know about other writing programs. I've, I've actually never been in one before other than, you know, when I was in school, which was not creative. It was how to write a report, how to write a grant, and how to write a research you know, <clears throat> yeah. And that's all objective. That's all left brain stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very, completely yeah. different. Yeah. Completely. yeah. And it's very, mm-hmm. very tight and contracted work, controlled. Mm-hmm. Creative is it's a very different space, very open, liberated. And so... You know, it's another space where it's really important for us to allow the process to unfold. Yeah. It's not structured like the other one. And how do you find now your, when you go to, when you're writing, how do you feel about the experience of actually handwriting now? I find it relaxing and it's an exploration I don't know what's going to come out of the end of that pencil or pen. Again, it's like I'm listening and something comes in and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then I just allow. It's a listening skill and a opening and it's the opposite of control. Now, I just want to say something. People who have chronic pain are the Olympic athletes of control. So... For me to come from that, right, to this other space is part of my work in clearing, of keeping the chronic pain at bay, in keeping clear, right? Because those were all behaviors that, well, I mean, I had a physical problem in everything, but I also had behaviors around it that, that helped lock it in. So part of the work is to, where in my life can I admit I have no control here, right? So I notice my powerlessness. And so a lot of my work during the day, my, my work work in the bigger world, I have to, you know, what am I going to spend my money on? I have to go to the post office. I've got grocery shopping, whatever, right? All that kind of stuff, yeah. which is control, control, control. And then this other world is like, right, this is a beautiful balance in life. Right. So you find that the, the writing actually um, aids you in the balance, in your own personal balance. Absolutely, yeah. Nice. It, it, yeah. Me, uh, it keeps me healthy. Hmm, I love that. That's really, oh, we're going to explore that. 
We're going to have to wrap up. I want to keep going, but I, <laughs> um, I think we've got a number of things. And if it's all right with you, we'd love to invite to have you back again to talk about some more aspects of this writing that you've talked about. Two things. Um, one is if there was any advice to give to a young, meaning new writer, if there was one piece of advice that you would give to them, what would you give to them? Believe in yourself. You're more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Perfect. Thank you. And if anybody wanted to find out about your work and about your 40-day journey to forgiveness and things, where would they find that? Well, they can find me at, at uh, elizabeth-kip.com. That's a K-I-P-P, like Peter Pan.com. Okay. I'm sure in there because there's someone else who's elizabethkip.com who's photographer. That's not me. Okay. Okay. Well, what we'll do is we will put that link underneath this on this YouTube that so everybody will be able to find you and i'm looking forward to doing the 40-day journey for forgiveness with you that's mm -hmm. going to be nice and i'm uh, looking forward to hopefully we'll be able to take that a little bit i'll have to be careful <laughs> i don't know how much i'm going to uncover but anyway well thank you elizabeth for your generosity and your time we really appreciate it and we appreciate you very much and um we'll look forward to seeing you again thanks so much Jean. Thank you for joining the We Women Writers podcast today. I appreciate you taking your time to listen in. I do hope that you've been inspired by this conversation, and I'd like to encourage you to pick up your pen today and write for five minutes. I would love to hear from you. Please subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, take good care and have a perfectly lovely day.